0: Have your Bibles. If you got an iPhone, an iPad, all the i-ness you can find, turn with me to the Book of Judges, chapter seven. I'm just going to read two scriptures for you, and I uh, want to set kind of set up a, a story today. You know, it's it's a it's a game theme. It's a Super Bowl Sunday, and and sometimes we can almost I don't want us to miss the message, but I do think we should have a good time in uh, enjoying. Uh, Life together. Really, life is like a, a, a game. It's it's a team effort. We had men, close to 40 men show up yesterday, called out as our first men's breakfast, praise God. Showed up, man. We had some great food, great fellowship. We worshiped, we prayed. I mean, that's being a team that wins together. And so for men that you got to come, so proud of you, so thankful that you came. So many testimonies we heard. But here's the deal. It's, it's much easier to win when we do it together than apart, right? See, I would have a hard time uh, ever scoring any touchdowns, Jason. Catch this. Oh, I didn't know you had coffee in your hand. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Sign him up. See, I would have a hard time scoring touchdowns if I was just the quarterback and didn't have nobody to throw it to, right? Or if you was the defensive end and, 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 and you didn't, if you did your block, but the guard or the tackle wasn't blocking, you'd have a hard time keeping the, the defense from coming in, right? So it's important we do our part. Throw that back to me, Jason. I like having the ball in my hand. Somebody else is going to get a pass today. I want to talk to you today simply from a subject, having victory on and off the field. We can look like we got it together in church, but how many of when you when you leave church, some things change? We take off our church face, and uh, that's, that's kind of a little bit I want to talk to you about. But I want to use a guy by the name of Gideon. Everybody say Gideon. Uh, just to kind of paint a picture for you. Judges chapter 7 verse 15. Let's read. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. That's a key right there. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and he shouted. Watch what he shouted. Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave them each a man, a ram's horn, a clay pot, or vessel. And he gave them a torch in it. Having victory on and off the field. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Let us win together. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So today... I really, uh, my daughter. Uh, I have, I have a daughter. She's twelve. Her name's Haley. Haley, you in the house today? Where are you at? She's in kids' church. We'll talk about her a little bit today. She won't know nothing about it. Uh, Haley, she's she's twelve. She's going on twenty-two, and she's got, you know, she's kind of like her daddy. She's got a little rebellion in her, you know, and. uh the Bible says that children are born or shapened in iniquity. So I believe it's my job to reshape my children. And if I got to use uh, the belt sometimes, I, that helps sometimes. But the cell phone I've learned has helped better than anything. And uh, it's a work in progress. But I got a 16-year-old son. His name's Ethan. Then I got little Easton who's nine. And, and uh, raising kids is a challenge. Can I hear an amen from my parents? It, that's a game in itself, right? And uh, you'd like to think that you're always winning the game with your kiddos, but sometimes uh, <laughs> you wonder if you're actually uh, uh, as involved as you think you should be. It's, it, it can be confusing and frustrating sometimes. But uh, it, what's important is that moms and dads, we continue to recognize, if nothing else, we're the, we're the coaches in the game of life for our kids. And we've got to give them direction. Uh, Haley, she's pretty good in basketball. And uh, growing up, I've gotten to coach her a few times most of her life, and uh, see the good, bad, and ugly, and she's come a long ways, but when she was nine years old, we was playing this this team, we'd come to the championship, and she got wind, we was playing this undefeated team that had never been defeated, they beat us in the regular season, and we we had lost one game, and we made it to the championship in the tournament, and we had six girls on our team, for some reason we always have a thin amount of kids playing with us, I don't know why. But Haley, she's a point guard, and she loves to shoot. She's a pretty good ball handler. And, uh, but, but her confidence kind of sunk a little bit uh, when she found out who we was playing in the championship. And she was, her, her palms were sweaty. She was sick to her stomach. We was driving to the game. She was like, Dad, I don't know if we can beat them. She just didn't have much confidence because of what she experienced in the past. Well, as we're walking in the gym, she's, she, she passed these, uh, this team. We're walking past her. She passes the team. And I overheard them, and she did too. These girls started pointing out, I said, that's Haley Farmer. She's the girl that kept hitting those threes when she, we played her last time. She's the girl that scored like, 22 points in the game. She, she heard that. Her say that. Heard them say that. She just kept walking. But all of a sudden, I noticed her head that was down started raising up. I noticed her chest that was in started poking out. And when we went and started warming up, I saw a confidence in her that she didn't have until she heard what the enemy knew about her that she didn't really know about herself. So I started thinking, I said, it's kind of like what happened with Gideon. Gideon's story is, if you read it in chapter 6, you're going to find out Gideon was the least of the least. He was the weakest of the weakest. His clan, his family, they were poor, they were weak. And and, and here's the deal, it's one thing for for people to know it, it's another thing for people for you to know it. And Gideon knew he was the weakest of all people. And at this time, the Midianites had been destroying the Israelites, God's people. The Midianites were the enemy, the Israelites were God's children. And and, and here's Gideon, his family has been defeated year after year after year. His head is down, his confidence is gone. And uh, God calls him one day. He says, I'm going to use you as a mighty man. You're a mighty man of valor. He starts speaking life into him. And he starts using him for some victories. God starts using him as a leader to lead his children. But this one day, in chapter 7, he specifically chose him to to lead lead up his people, God's children, 32,000 of them, in victory against the Midianites of over 135,000. Here's the problem. Gideon's confidence was not too high. His confidence was low, because not only was it 450 to 1, those are the odds there, 135,000. By the time he got down to the 300 he was going to use, the odds were very low against him. And what I found was, when it came to Gideon, his confidence was so low, he had to keep questioning, God, are you really sure you want to use me? And for some of you, your confidence may be low as a result of where you've been or what you've gone through, how your past has resulted in. And you see more of the, the mighty power in the enemy than you do in yourself. But I've come to remind you on game day. I've come to tell you the way you can have victory on and off the field is to recognize greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I've come to tell you, you have the ability to walk in victory, not just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. God hasn't called you to do and walk in purpose and fulfill destiny and you uh, uh, completely just be annihilated by the enemy. No, we're going to win this thing. We're going to win this thing through prayer. We're going to walk in victory whenever we're reading our word when we're being faithful to God's house, when we're connected to like-minded spiritual men and women who say, I want to be better for the kingdom, not just for myself. See, God can bless that. And Gideon was struggling. He knew he was about to go into a battle. Started with 32,000 men. God said, that's too many. Tell all the people that are afraid to go home. They went home. 10,000 were left. God did another separation by the time it was over. Gideon had 300 men to face 135,000 soldiers in this battle. So he's discouraged. But, he, but God told him, he said, I want you to go down in the valley. And I want you to, right there in the tent, there's some things that's being said that you need to hear. So he, he took his buddy. He went down in the valley. And he overhears the enemy, the Midianites, talking about how scared they were. Of this guy named Gideon. Now Gideon's ears perked up as he's listening outside the tent. And he's like, I didn't even know they knew my name. Much less they'd be scared of me. And something shifted in his heart. By the time he listened to what the enemy was saying. And did how fearful they were of him. He went back to the camp and he made a declaration. The Bible says, first of all, in our text. When he came back from hearing what the enemy was saying. he said, It said that he bowed in worship before the Lord. Can we just stop right there? Some keys to victory, if you're going to have victory in your life, is that the victory is won on your knees. Every time. Not sometimes, every time. You have to have a position of neology, somebody said one time. You you must stay in a place of humility. In a place that says, Lord, I can't do this on my own. This is not a place of defeat. This is a place of victory. And when you recognize that... God can do more in you than you, by, you can by yourself. Suddenly, it doesn't become about the play. It doesn't come, become about the situation. It doesn't become about the circumstance. It becomes about the God that's leading, guiding, and directing you. And when you stay on your knees in prayer and you have a worshipful heart that says, God for you i will live, for you I'll die. For you I'm surrendered, I'm committed, I'm faithful. I don't have it all together, but I know with you I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's something about a man or a woman when they recognize who they are in Christ that's unstoppable. Did you hear me? You're unstoppable. If there's any good in me, it's not because of me, it's because of him. But I've learned this. I can't listen to what everybody else is saying. I got to learn how to focus on what my father said in his word. And I got to recognize that the last shall be first. Come on. I got to recognize I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm above I'm above only I'm never beneath. Come on. You got to recognize you're the head and you're not the tail. You got to make up your mind you're going to start listening to the coach. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going to listen to the game plan so that whenever you walk in maybe an unfamiliar territory, you don't start shaking your knees, you hit your knees. You're not, you're not walking in fear. You walk by faith and not by sight. And you recognize that I'm going to win this battle come hell or high water. I'm not going to be bogged down by addiction. I won't be bogged down by defeat. I won't be bogged down by fear. I'm not going to allow people to, to tear me down. When God's already built me up. So the enemy knows. The enemy knew all this about Gideon. They had an understanding of who Gideon was as a result of who his God was. I wonder if our enemy knows more about us than we believe it about us. I wonder if the things that you struggle with, <clears throat> the temptations, the trials, maybe you got marriage problems, Maybe you got financial problems. Maybe you're coming up against an enemy that you've faced before and you got knocked out. And maybe like Gideon, you feel discouraged and you're wondering, how am I ever going to win this battle? Man, I'm so glad that we serve a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. I'm so thankful that when I've been rejected by men, I was called and chosen by God. Come on. You need to know that. You need to understand the greatest position that you can hold as a man or a woman to have victory in your life is to stay on your knees in worship. Gideon knew how to serve God in worship. First John chapter 4, verse 4 says it like this but, but you belong to God, my dear children, my dear children. He's talking to us. You have already won a victory over those people. Why? because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Come on, 1 John right there. I can't make that up. That's the best game plan you can find. That ought to make a dead man run around at the graveyard. Come on. We got a reason. You've already won the victory not because of anything, watch, not because of anything you will do, but because of everything the Holy Spirit has already done. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And Satan can't stand the fact that you might believe it. And those of you who've already made up your mind, you do believe it. Then you realize, no matter where I go or what I do, his grace is always going to be sufficient enough for me to win. Today, we got victory. Give him praise, you got victory. Come on. All right. The second key I want you to catch... In order to have victory on and off the field, is said, victory is won by speaking faith out of your mouth. Hear me. You have to learn how to speak faith out of your mouth. Look at. Did you notice what Gideon was did when he was talking to God in chapter six and the first part of chapter seven before he heard what the enemy was saying? Gideon's words were fear. His words were doubt. His words were defeatful. But as soon as he heard what the enemy thought about him he came back to the camp and he started speaking to the men of 300 and saying get up for the Lord's already given us this battle what happened faith started entering his heart and then started coming out of his mouth you got to have faith to know that if God be for you no devil in hell can be against you sometimes you got to take a water break that's okay Take a time out. Go to the beach. Yeah, hallelujah, go to the beach. (laughs) But you never take a vacation on God. you got to keep letting your faith grow. You know how I've learned to overcome, in most cases, temptations and trials I've had in my life? Is I've stayed in the Word consistently. I've stayed because it's His Word that builds my faith. I can't look at my circumstance and expect my faith to grow. See, sometimes we pay more attention to our circumstance and what's going on on the field Instead of recognizing there's a good game plan, if we stick to the game plan, the game plan's going to work. Coach said, if, if I seek his face, he'll be found. If I ask, I'll receive. If I knock, the door will be open." Coach said, call upon me and I will answer. Coach said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Coach said, I am, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Coach said it. So I gotta believe it. You gotta start speaking faith. You gotta start speaking. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You gotta start speaking faith. I'm better than this. I'm better than that addiction. I'm better than that anger. I'm better than that jealousy, that unforgiveness. I'm better than this circumstance. God's got a touchdown ready for you to catch. Come on, Roscoe, help me out back there. He's got a touchdown ready for you to catch. You just gotta get in preparation to catch what he's throwing at you. Listen, faith. Put you in a position to score a touchdown every time. Come on, give him praise that faith is going to give you the victory over your situation. Come on, Marcy, help me. Look at that. I don't care if you're a man or if you're a woman. I put my wife up against anybody running. She's fast. She is a fast mama jama. Come on. She ran a long time for me. (laughs) Oh, but I finally found her. Come on, David, help me. So as we're playing this game called life, you don't have to lose just because you left church. You don't have to lose just because you're on a vacation. You don't have to lose. Listen, you have to recognize and stay uh, consistently thinking, listen, I'm a child of God. I want to represent my coach well. And the choices and decisions that I make are these choices and decisions are they wise choices and decisions that God would be pleased with? Listen, notice I didn't say, are they wise choices and decisions that Pastor Darren would be pleased with? That's where a lot of pastors have messed up. I'm not the pastor that's going to try to put my convictions on you. I'm not the pastor that's going to beat you over the head because you messed up last night or last week or two, year, two years ago. I'm the pastor that's going to be on the sidelines, and I'm going to be your cheerleader. Let's go! Yeah! you got it Johnny don't throw don't quit don't give in come on somebody woo let me do the splits hey hey and just like that's my job woo that's your job too we're all cheerleaders for each other no big eyes no little use. we gotta keep cheering each other on but faith you gotta speak faith when Gideon started speaking faith Something came alive in those men. You hear me? Something came alive. And suddenly the men that thought they were defeated, odds 450 to 1, suddenly they pulled their shoulders back. They said, yes, sir, we got this. He separated them in three parts, 100 here, 100 there, 100 there. And he positioned them on the field, the battlefield. How many understands we're in a battle? I said, we're in a battle. The enemy's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to defeat you. He don't want you even at church. He don't want you to clap your hands when we're say when we clapping and we're worship. He don't want you to lift your hands. There's freedom in worship. There's power in praise. I think about the children of Israel. Joshua. Uh, 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 what's her name? Morgan. Morgan. Morgan started talking about it a while ago. I mean, the, Joshua, they encountered a wall. As soon as Joshua took over the team. And Moses died. Soon as they crossed over the Jordan River, the first thing they encountered was walls. They had a battle to fight. And Joshua could have, conquered, he could have sunk down into defeat. Oh, man, I can't believe this. this is my first day on the job, and now I got to. No, you know what he did? He gave them some instructions. He said, this is what the Lord said. Walk around these walls six times once a day and don't say one word. You know what he was doing? Building the faith it sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut, don't say nothing, but speak to yourself. Start speaking to yourself. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes you're in a season where you ain't saying nothing, you're just taking it in. You're taking in not what the enemy's saying, but what God's saying through his word. And on the seventh day, they walked around seven times, is that right? And the seventh time, what did they do? Did they pull out their swords? Did they pull out their guns and bazookas? Machine guns? No! He said, shout! And what happened? The walls came down. Until something came out of their mouth, nothing happened. Until something called faith starts coming out of your mouth, you're never going to see the victory. But as soon as you start speaking it, dad, mom, husband, wife, over your children, your sons, your daughters, you got a lost loved one, start speaking in the name of Jesus, they're saved. They're sick in the name of Jesus. I speak healing, deliverance, and salvation. You start speaking that, I promise you, miracles will happen. Come on, give God praise right there. Hallelujah. All right. I got to hurry. This is my last thought. Number three. One of the last things that we see, if you're going to have victory, victory is won with divine strategies. Divine strategies. What's that mean, Pastor D? God told each man to carry... A trumpet, a clay vessel, and a light. Three hundred men against one hundred thirty-five men, three hundred thirty-five thousand men. And you want me to carry a trumpet, a vessel, and a light? It don't make sense. It's because it's not your way or my way. It's God's way. Isaiah 55 and 8 says it like this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. See, God has a divine way. He has divine strategies. Really, God? How in the world? Shouldn't you give me a, a gun or give me a sword or something, a shield? Nope. I want you to take a trumpet, and I want you to take a vessel, and I want you to have a light. See, sometimes you have to learn how to use what God's given you. If you'll use what he's given you, it'll work. You've got to trust that the power in what God's given you is greater than the power of the enemy. But I ain't got much. All you need is a little. The Bible says it takes the faith of the size of a mustard seed to speak to a mountain and have it, cast it be cast into the sea. That's what Jesus said. So if you just got mustard seed faith today, if you're online and you're watching and you're saying, you don't know my circumstance, I don't, but he does. And I am more than confident that God already knows that you have everything you need. My intent today is to, is to teach you, to build you up, to remind you that you haven't been forsaken. You have not been forgotten. Our weapons are mighty through God, no matter what it looks like in the natural. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? And sometimes the strongholds get more focused on than the weapons that we've been given to fight them. I'm telling you, you got a weapon in your mouth if you'll speak to the mountain. You've been given a weapon to conquer death, hell, and the grave. It's important that you recognize your salvation is one of the most powerful weapons you've ever had. Recognize your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you've accepted Christ, you've got a reason to be thankful, be happy. You're winning. Come on, you're winning. I had two kids come to me before service and say, Pastor Darren, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I said, Let's do it right now. Two children. You say but they're kids. Yeah. And got to use them kids faster than he'll use any stubborn adult. I'm telling you. Forbid not the children. We can't forbid. them. we can't push them to the side. It takes childlike faith just to get saved. This is what I like. Moses didn't have much, but he had a stick. Come on. David didn't have much, but he had a rag, a rag and a rock. He had a rag and a rock. Yeah. Samson, he didn't have much either. He had a lot of women problems too, but one day he picked up the jawbone of a donkey and defeated thousands of men. He didn't have much. Peter, my Lord, all he had was a boat. Jesus got in it and things changed his life. Zacchaeus, he climbed a tree. Jesus carried a tree. And on that tree, he conquered sin. Your sin and my sin. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying... It don't take much when you put it in the hands of God. All you got to do is trust Him. Use the gifts, use the ability, use the tools, the divine strategies, strategies that God has given you. Today, if you're under the sound of my voice, and you haven't been winning on and off the field, just seasonal. Sometimes I got victory. Sometimes I got joy. You give me joy down deep in my soul. People shouldn't be able to take your joy. He gave it to you. Down deep in my soul. Sometimes it gets so deep, we forget about it. Let's stir it up. Let's stir up the gift of God that's within us. Let's start winning together on the field. The best cheerleader, the best way I can I know to coach you is to tell you, if you don't know Jesus today, then heaven can't be your destination tomorrow. According to the book. Not a denomination. You'll, you'll learn this pastor's not denominational. <laughs> I'm Jesus. That's what this house is all about. But you got to come to Jesus if you want to get in. So, The Bible says, if any man calls upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, two things, Jesus died and rose again, you will be saved. Listen, I would hate for you to leave here and keep losing when all you got to do is say yes today and you'll win the rest of your life. Did I say you wouldn't have trouble? Not saying that. Just saying you'll know whose team you belong to. And when you got problems, you know what coach to turn to. Would you bow your heads with me? You're under the sound of my voice, and you say, Pastor D, I'm resonated a little bit with your message. You said some things that's challenged me. If I was honest with you, if I was honest with the Lord right now who's watching, there's some things in my life that are causing me to lose, and I need to let them go. I want to surrender my life. I want to give him my heart and change my ways. If that's you in this place, you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I'm going to count to three. And nobody's watching you. Don't worry about people. Eyes are closed. But I want God and you to have a moment. Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to play the game of life and win with him? If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. right now one two three there's a hand there's a hand four five there's a hand six praise God they're going up keep them up God sees them thank you father thank you father we're gonna say this prayer together as a family you ready everybody say it say Jesus forgive me of all my sins come into my heart be Lord of my life I believe you died on the cross I believe you rose again. From this day forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name. Say, I'm saved, and I'm on my way to heaven. Come on, church, put your hands together. Give God (laughs) praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com, and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.